Hi, I'm JP. And I'm Adam. I've never seen Lost. I have. I'm told that it's good. I liked it. I'm told that it made sense. Sort of. But we're watching it out of order. So it definitely won't make sense. But it might still be good. Since we won't expect it to make sense, we'll still be able to appreciate each episode on its own merits as a one-hour story. Sometimes two or three. As opposed to just a fraction of an ongoing, sprawling, and increasingly complex tangle of relationships, personal stories, mysteries, mythologies, experiments, social dynamics, unnatural disasters, unanswered questions, and hot tropical hookups. Are you okay? I'm not sure. Because you lost me a little bit there at the end. Good, because I've been lost since the beginning. We're We're lost lost on Lost. Welcome, everybody, to Lost on Lost. I'm Adam Busher, and I'm joined, as always, by J.P. Russell. Yeah, yeah. Today, we're talking about what Kate did, the ninth episode of season two and the 34th episode overall. Our featured character is Kate Austin. What Kate did takes place on the 49th day after the crash of Oceanic Flight 815. J.P. Yes. You ready to do the recap? <laughs> I, uh, Yeah. Yeah, sure am. Hit it. (laughs) All right, so this episode deals with the daddy issues of self-proclaimed horse girl Kate. Uh, Sawyer is recovering from a gunshot wound, but he's soon going to be dealing with a broken heart as Jack and Kate shared a deep jungle smooch. Uh, Mystery unfolds around the doomsday clock that I can only assume is counting down to the remaining episodes that Michelle Rodriguez has on this show. Uh, John Locke watches the worst screener of Rizzoli and Isles that exists on Earth, and Shannon got fucking iced. <laughs> so that's what we got from that. Oh my god. Uh today we have a new guest with us. Uh, um th- th- she was very difficult to book for for reasons that will become uh evident later. Uh we have Kiana Werner. Hi Kai. Hi, how's it going? Good. Um <laughs> so it was super hard to track you down because we live in the same house. <laughs> yeah, there are multiple closets in our home. It is hard to figure out which one we are recording in. I gave you the nice closet. I don't know why I'm I've, I've placed you in the good closet for this. This is the nice one. It is It is the roomier closet. It is. You're welcome. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Yeah. Kai, uh, Thank you. Uh, you go by uh, Kai for short. Is that if I'm yes. understanding? Mm-hmm. So Kai, it's wonderful to have you on. We've got a couple of questions for you. Uh, just to build out some sort sure. of profile. What's your background with Lost? Did you watch Lost when it was originally airing back in uh, back in 2004, five, six? Not at all. Uh, this is the first episode I've ever seen. <laughs> Um, and I actually kind of pointedly refused to watch it while it was popular. Oh, really? Why is that? I make a staunch effort to avoid shows I think my dad will like. <laughs> oh, I feel kind of targeted right now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope my dad never listens. I'm sorry. <laughs> Your dad totally would dig Lost. Uh, so yeah, that, that, uh, he's a big numbers be- guy as well. Uh, that'll lead me into an, my next one. What do you like to watch instead? Uh, like since uh, since you didn't watch Lost, what sort of uh, TV do you uh, do you go for? Um, I've recently been watching a lot of Orphan Black. Um, that's that's been fun. A lot of true crime things. Have you ever seen True Detective? And yes, uh, actually, <laughs> I've only made her watch it twice so far. <laughs> the, we we did the best Halloween costume that I think a couple can do. In I remember that the pictures. Yeah, JP, JP was, was rust and I was it, yeah. dead. Yes, she was Dora Lang. It was perfect. <laughs> it has been my most popular Instagram post. Yeah, if, if you look awesome. up True Detective hashtag on Instagram, we're in like the top ten. It was it was yeah. awesome. It, it was is a great uh, costume. It's pretty good. That's pretty much uh, pretty much all the questions I have. JP, did you have any questions for our for our guest before we get into it? 
I I hope she doesn't want to move out after this. That's all. <laughs> it's not really a question. It's more of a statement. <laughs> it's a disclaimer. What Kate did. What Kate did. Let's talk about what Kate did. What Kate did originally aired on November 30th, 2005. It was written by Stephen Maida and Craig Wright, and it was directed by Paul Edwards. Um, unlike our last episode, I looked up a little bit about these people prior to uh, the discussion here. <laughs> Stephen Maida was a regular supervising producer on the show, uh, but then he went on to work on such uh, television shows as Daybreak. Elf. Uh, he actually, I think he was on CSI Miami the same time I worked on CSI Miami nine years ago. <laughs> He might have been, uh, but then he was also the executive producer of a little television show called Lie to Me, which uh, which was a fairly popular uh, basic cable show. All right. I'm going to give you the, the, the quick plot synopsis of every episode of Lie to Me. Kai? Uh, I did get really excited when you said Lie to Me. Yeah, Kai. Okay. So I'm going to ask you what your favorite color car is. All right. And you just respond as if you were a character from Lie to Me. Ready? What's your favorite color car? Yeah. Teal. You're lying. <laughs> All right, it's purple. That's right. You killed him. And that's it. Like, and that's, his brother. That's every episode of Lie to Me. It's It might be a perfect show. That's your favorite show? No, it's not my favorite show. Oh, it is one, very good. One of your favorite I like shows. anything with a lot of murder. Gotcha. Who's the main character on that? It's the... Uh, Tim Roth? Tim Roth. Is he Australian? Because yeah. that's the sort, of Aus- the sort of accent you were doing. Kind of. I'm not an accent guy. I'm a <laughs> film observation guy. Leave me be. Uh, the second writer on this episode, Craig Wright, he did a lot of work for Six Feet Under. Uh, he also went on to create another uh, ABC show, short-lived, called Dirty Sexy Money. Uh, Paul Edwards, the director of this episode, he was uh, apparently a regular camera operator on uh, on Lost, and this was his first directorial outing for Lost. Uh, apparently went so well, he went on to direct several other episodes of the show, uh, at least two in every season, starting with season two. Nice. Yeah. So good on him. Well done there, Paul. But yeah, what Kate did, one bit of trivia before we get into the discussion. Uh, this is from Lostpedia. The producers uh, were sick of the fans wondering what Kate did. So they made an episode called What Kate Did to tell everybody what Kate did. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. We're watching the show out of order. If you're just joining us and you're listening to our podcast out of order, you probably don't get the bit yet. But we don't really know. We we don't care what Kate did because we've, we've only seen four episodes of this show so far. We saw the pilot uh, and then two other episodes. And yeah, so like when this uh, episode came up on our watch order, I was like, I don't I don't care what Kate did. But, like, I'm already to the point where I'm forgetting things that have happened in the show, because when the cop that arrests her showed up, I was like, man, why does that guy look familiar? And I looked it up. I was like, oh, yeah, he was in Lost. He was in this show. It was only three episodes ago. My man was in this show. Why does he look so familiar? Oh, he's a character from earlier in this show. Yeah. Did you have that same sort of thought when you saw Hurley for the first time? You're like, man, that guy looks familiar. Oh, yeah, he's one of the main characters. <laughs> no, no, Hurley, well, Hurley reminds me a lot of Murph. Uh, oh, we have, we have a, no a, a friend of ours, Murph, uh, who is very just similar in terms of just has a, a distinct look about him and distinct hair and is just sort of your your, your large, friendly friend. So I I'm would like, argue a similar personality as well. Yeah. Two real happy-go-lucky dudes. Just uh, kind of everybody's pal. Yeah. So, so yeah, so what Kate did, like I said, I didn't care what Kate did. So I, I sat, when I was sitting down and watching this, I was just kind of like, I, I didn't zone out. I, you know, I watched it with, uh, whatever, a, a certain amount of, 
attention paid to it you watched it and fast forward <laughs> i uh, yeah i was like i was sitting there and i was waiting for the commercials to come up and i'm like oh i'm streaming this there aren't any commercials give me a break um <laughs> it uh this episode is uh way less fragmented than uh what we did last uh last time because yes this is uh this is a season two episode uh a lot of people are uh make the argument and they probably aren't wrong that season two is the best season of lost in its entirety mm. uh some of the most interesting characters the story hadn't gotten really deep in the weeds well shot well paced all that good stuff so um so this episode watching this episode despite the fact that that i, I didn't care what kate did was a more entertaining watch than the one we watched last time man behind the curtain <laughs> I don't know. I like Man Behind the Curtain. I mean, I, I liked it. It's just like this episode is, compared to that one, uh, an easier story to follow, I think, I would say. Sure. I yeah. would agree with that. Not having watched the other episode, but this one was at least, like, there was a complete story that you got to follow through it. Yeah, there was a very clear, like, A and B plot to this, much like the episode yeah. before that, Do No Harm. It doesn't make you like Kate at all. Yes. <laughs> she is still a bit of a torture to watch even if you've only seen this episode yeah yeah agreed entirely um (laughs) i thought it was interesting because when we when we started watching the episode and the incident happens at kate's familial home and then that's that's the cold open you know the the lost logo comes up kai said i thought this took place on an island (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) that is how little i know about this show Oh man, that's awesome. That's uh, that's so I was, good. I was actually kind of wondering how they got so much booze if they were stuck on an island for this guy to be a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that makes total sense. Wayne, good old but Wayne. But I figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, as far as the booze on the island, which we'll we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, I mean, they were fly. The Oceanic Eight One Five was a seven seventy seven, so that thing was chock full. Yeah, they did have the little airline bottles. So yeah, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll accept that. Or as I call them, work bottles. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? That's my work tequila. <laughs> but yeah, so the episode uh, the episode opens with Kate. Uh, it, you, we come to realize that this is prior to landing on the island. She puts to bed this drunken dickhead and he hits on her a little bit. And that's pretty inappropriate, especially since there's obviously some sort of familial connection there. And then she goes ahead and proceeds with that, that secret dream of every daughter who has a drunken, abusive stepfather. Uh, she blows him up. She fucking blows him up as she drives away on a motorcycle like a goddamn action hero. <laughs> She's not my mom, Todd. My complaint about this was she thought enough ahead to pull out this life insurance policy, mm-hmm. or maybe it was a policy on the house. But either way, she takes it out ahead of time, mm-hmm. but makes no effort to cover her tracks Mm-mm. at all. Oh, totally Kate did this. Right. The first thing she does is admit to the crime to someone. Yeah. Um, out of all the things she's that She's a Kate very bad murderer. At, yeah. Murder's not one of not her strong. It's not, not high on the list. <laughs> Here's a here's a note I have from the top of the episode. Once we've dealt with the the shock of the uh, house exploding with Wayne in it, there's a there's a, a moment on the beach. It seems like it's just sort of like a serene, lovely beach morning. And who comes strolling out of the tent? JP's favorite drink, hot gin. <laughs> you piece of garbage. No shirt on. This is this is a complaint you had in one of our earlier episodes. You you don't understand why on this tropical island, days after so many days after this, why are all the dudes still wearing shirts? Well, you got your wish. Gin comes out, eight pack, nothing but pecs. So when your house starts on fire, there's a brief period where all of the pizzas in your freezer are perfectly cooked. <laughs> 
So now that they're on this island and they're all starting to slowly, you know, they're going to start losing body fat quickly. They're going to start sh- like losing pounds. Um, Jin has reached the point of island starvation where he's looking like a tasty snack. <laughs> yeah and everyone should just take the day off and just admire sort of what's going on in his uh bathing suit area yeah hot gin man yeah yeah so yeah i just wanted to address the fact that like jin and son uh are uh two of my favorite characters from the show and i will i, I will talk about them all, anytime i get an opportunity to and jin jin's son got seems like they're they're acclimating themselves to the island well they're just like they're they're making you know you gotta assume this like especially with the look that hurley gives jin after the t- right. his tents right next door you gotta think like hurley was like the neighbor he's like why are they what is that noise and you know, he's gotta like <laughs> He's gonna call a. He's got to know what that noise is. But, uh, they slapping around sea urchins over there. What are they doing? Yeah. So he know he knows what's up. So they uh not not to jump too far ahead, but later on, John Locke cuts off like handcuffs from Jin or yeah. some sort of yeah yeah yeah, uh, and they didn't draw attention to that in in this scene at the beginning, which. I mean, for you know those of us that are watching the show out of order, um, sort of implies that. Uh, because it wasn't specifically, you know, attention wasn't brought up to it. I assume that this has been something that he's been dealing with for a while. You already admitted that you're forgetting things that we've seen already, but we did see in the episode Do No Harm, the Boone episode, he had the cuff on, and that was from season one. So, yeah, obviously, oh. like, this is, yeah, this, yeah, it's got to be still, like, he's just, he's acclimated to this cuff or whatever, and it's something right. that had happened back in the day. Um, okay. But, yeah, I mean, part of the episode, uh, one thing that uh, we uh, haven't seen yet is the presence of the hatch. Yeah. Like, they're in t- inside of this strange sort of Dharma station. We know this a little bit now, having seen in a season three episode recently. Right. <laughs> uh, the Dharma Initiative is some sort of scientific <laughs> organization of sorts, and they've got this lab of whatever here. Um, I remember. That and a was, button. It, yeah, it, with the button and that. Uh, Do not forget about the button. Oh, the button. God. But yeah, so like now they have the like Locke actually has the ability to take that cuff off because in this hatch somewhere there's a bolt cutters, which is good for Jin, I guess. Because <laughs> I, I assume that with this that. is pretty early on in the the hatch storyline, just because yes. I'm like, why isn't everyone else hanging out here? Yes, and th- yeah, and this is something I vaguely remember too is that we'll we'll find out about more about this eventually. But Boone's death was connected to the hatch. Uh, and I don't explicitly remember how, but Boone and Locke were palling around together, and his, uh, Boone's injuries had to do with him and Locke messing with the hatch, and that sure. was late in season one, uh, and this is early in season two. I think the span between those episodes is only about it's got to be like less than ten, around yeah, ten, it would something have. like that, because this is this is the ninth one, and then Boone died like oh. in episode twenty, so maybe like yeah. twelve, thirteen episodes, something like that. So yeah, so they haven't been at the hatch long, and yeah, the, they're still sort of se- uh, separated between three locations. There's still the primary beach camp where a lot of people are camping out. Uh, some people have relocated themselves to the hatch, and then they're still operating out of the uh, the caves area where uh, where they had originally operated on Boone trying to save his life. Right. So yeah, so it's not it's not like the the hatch is this go to island hotel. It doesn't have the capacity to support forty you know odds uh, survivors. But uh, uh, some people can rotate hang in and out. You know. Yeah. So yeah, so we don't know any anything about the hatch other than that it's got some connection to Dharma. It's got uh, supplies. Like uh, later in the episode, we see Sun tending to Sawyer's gunshot wound. We don't know who shot Sawyer. Um, eh. 
So, but you know, who cares? Like, yeah, he got shot. But like, what's important for us now is that he's hurt. And right. that, you know, that gives, you know, Kate uh, something to, to dote upon, I suppose. Something to do. <laughs> something to get confused with her incestuous father. Oh, uh, yeah. It just more daddy issues in this. Like, there were daddy issues in the last episode that we watched. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just like, it, it's a lot, of, a lot of dad problems going on here. Um, no, I haven't seen other episodes, but I did find it a little strange that we jam-packed all of the daddy issues and all of the horse stuff into the same episode. <laughs> What's said, self-proclaimed horse girl. What's stunning about the horse thing is that this isn't Kate's first centric episode. We'll get to Kate's first centric episode sometime in the future. But I don't, like, it's not like Kate owned horses as a little girl or anything as far as I like we find out later in this episode she's hallucinating she believes she's hallucinating this horse on this island this big black beauty looking motherfucker but then we find out that the horse is what helped her escape custody or something like that so it's not so I don't know but we'll we'll (laughs) dig into that we've established that there's polar bears on the island or a a polar bear so for them to see a horse isn't that Big of a Voice of Reason Charlie. He's got like three lines in this episode. And uh, <laughs> they have a little brief moment where Kate's walking back and forth in between somewhere and she runs into Charlie and she's like, I saw a horse. And he's like, I saw a polar bear. I don't care. Like, that's fine. It's right. totally fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> d- d- we've established that this island's a bit strange. <laughs> Was the horse talking? <laughs> did it Did it have Wrangler jeans on? No <laughs> to both <laughs> those? Well, then carry on, dude. <laughs> I want to make uh I want to make a mention here about uh what did I write here oh my note here <laughs> this is the worst note I just wrote uh more daddy issues question mark Kate blew up her dad lol <laughs> <laughs> the, the explosion caught me off guard did it I mean yeah, yeah. like neither one of you two have seen this episode hmm. what what were your guys' reactions to like sort of like Kai you haven't you don't know anything about Kate going into this JP you know no. only a little bit more right they did do the like there was nothing for her to do but kill him because that's all they gave her it's the only thing she was like a cardboard cutout of just like I'm gonna kill this man <laughs> right he, he that's all there was it was just a cardboard cutout with that sentence written on it. We don't know what their relationship is initially, but mm-hmm. we just know he's a real gross person mm-hmm. and he's gots to go. Yep. Yeah, they just sort of made him like vaguely drunk. And like, yeah, they do insinuate that he's at least physically inappropriate with her, if not downright like sexually right, right. inappropriate. But I like, I don't know. They make it seem like this is something that has consumed her, but at the same time, she's thought none of it through. Yeah, the way she, that she's going about this is like just so it's it seems slapdash except for the insurance yeah, a little bit thing. when your sole motivation is to kill this man because <laughs> then she she blows him up uh, and then you know just like if i were to put myself in her shoes uh i'd probably bail right away <laughs> like yeah. how come she doesn't have yeah, saddlebags like, in the motorcycle how come she doesn't have a backpack no what she does is she goes to her mom how many people were in that diner where she was loudly telling her what happened right where, where she runs into her, her mom, Aunt Zelda. Oh, my God. I was just going to say, I freaked out. I kind of, I was like, is that the aunt from Sabrina? We did pause it for probably 10 minutes. Yeah, I had to confirm because I, I had to... Instead of looking up that actress and then seeing if she's been lost, I had to look up the episode of Lost and then find the person and then... But yes, that's totally Aunt Zelda. 
uh, yeah, uh, what's her name? Beth Broderick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Aunt Zelda. When she popped up on the screen, too, I kind of had a moment. Too. I was like, oh, yeah, Aunt Zelda. I love Aunt Zelda. We should, the next podcast should be Sabrina in reverse I'm order. writing it down right now. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, so, yeah, instead of running away from this explosion that she's just done where she's killed a man, she's literally killed a man, uh, and, uh, she goes to her mom working at the diner and she's just like uh hey mom i did a bad thing and then she hands her <laughs> like the, the insurance policy so the list my of favorite crimes- was when she said out loud you're gonna have to pretend like you didn't see me and then the rest of the room is just around her eating and looking at her it's like do we have to pretend that we didn't see her because we're gonna 100 percent on the insurance policy too <laughs> Yeah, so so the list of crimes that she's guilty of: arson, murder, uh, insurance fraud, yeah. and riding theft, riding without a helmet. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's that. She's the worst criminal out of like out of all the people <laughs> on the island that could have been a criminal. Why was it Kate? Because she's real bad at it. Yeah. So yeah, um, I I really like the flashback story of this episode a lot like it it gives us a lot to like it gives us a lot of knowledge about kate not necessarily that it was anything that you or i uh or or kai was uh necessarily thirsty for but we got it now <laughs> um and so like yeah despite the fact that kate was never one of my favorite characters i i really like the, the the story of this flashback so if you guys don't mind i'd like to continue talking about that before we sort of get into what's still talk uh, still happening yeah, in sure. present day on the island yeah so in kate's great escape she then she tells her mom hey forget i was here uh and then i guess tell the rest of the witnesses that i wasn't here either <laughs> And then, like, goes to the bus station. It, that I thought was weird because they, like, set up this sting operation where they're like, oh, we got to we gotta be in plain... Cl-. Like, these are small-town cops that got nothing better to do. Like... You know that they just jumped at the chance to pull a sting, though. Right. They're like, oh, man. They could have just been, there she is. Hey, put put those... Yeah, those we could have just arrested her there, but... Her. And so, like, yeah, so so uh, we get an appearance here from good old Edward Mars, who we saw on the pilot. Oh, is that where I know him from? <laughs> but, yeah, he, he gets into line uh, right behind her. Uh, and I don't think... I think this is probably the first time that they met each other, because she, she can probably tell, like, everybody who's watching the show can tell that he's a, he's a cop of some sort. Like, the dude just screams law enforcement sure. the second you look at him. Yeah. And so she's... Right. I'm sure it looks at him like, uh, yeah, I'm leaving. I'm going somewhere. And he's like, no, you're, no, you're not. And he's a... If I'm remembering from the pilot, he's a marshal. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, he's got all his obvious uh, cops there in... <laughs> in the lobby just staring a hole through her like my question is this what was the like the apb on kate austin post explosion like because they're acting as though she's gonna whip out a machine gun and just start mowing down (laughs) right it's like her uh weapon of choice is apparently fake gas leak so i feel like you and your (laughs) keystone cops here are probably pretty safe like why are there 10 of you (laughs) Yeah. Like and and it was clear that she wasn't like a, a real good murderer. So it's like, yeah, unless you're in your own home with a gas stove <laughs> and she's there, you're probably safe. Yeah, like you could probably just arrest her without any problems. She kicks in the door and they got an electric <laughs> stove and she's like, Ah, foiled again. Not again. No. <laughs> 
Yeah, and so like he, so he rings her up and he's driving her back, and uh, and and we get uh, we get a little bit of banter between them. Poor and Rain, you already see what's gonna happen. Like we already know that she, you know, doesn't end up in the clink, and that Mars has got to catch her again. So we know something's gonna happen here, right? And so then this horse just appears out of nowhere in the road, runs uh, Eddie Mars off the road, and, and Kate manages to escape. Do we understand the significance of this horse at this point? Probably not. <laughs> no. Is it a real horse? What's happening? The thing that uh, bugged me the most about uh, Kate's final escape from Eddie Mars here, they pound into a telephone pole. Both airbags in his car are deployed. Mars is basically knocked unconscious. He's groggy. Right. He's clearly concussed. She has to finish him off with a couple of well-placed punches and kicks. Mm-hmm. But then she just steals the car. <laughs> and the front end of the car's got no damage on it. Like... <laughs> were were these were these airbags like are these like fugitive assistance airbags like what? <laughs> the, so the, when she took out the insurance policy, she replaced the airbags in the car. There we go. Yeah. So to to so now we're realizing that she's a much better criminal because she's thinking ahead. She's like, yeah. How am I going to get yeah. out? I'm she wanted tweak. to toy a little bit yeah. with the 900 cops that were pretending to be pe- <laughs> just normal people. Yeah. The, the passenger side airbag is full of like flan. So it's like it's all soft and tasty. So it just like shoots it into her mouth real quick. And the driver's side is full of doorknobs. Uh, and uh, he's going to have a real bad time. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. He just, and so she just leaves on the side of the road. She she makes her way. She, uh, she realizes now that while the while the window of opportunity is hanging wide open to disappear into the ether and say goodbye to yeah. her past forever. Nah, she's still got another parent to say goodbye to. <laughs> Or does she? Yeah. Or does she? She makes her way to uh, Colonel Sam Austin's recruiting office. He's a master sergeant. Yeah. Thank you. I thought that his his debt. I have to go back and look at it now because I'm pretty sure the little thing on his desk said Colonel. Well, he's wearing the rank of a master sergeant. So what's that? Uh, that this is a perfect question for you, uh, JP. He's got he had a red star with an A on his shoulder. Also, that was really eye drawing to me. Do you, do you know what that was? So that from what I remember, because. Uh, those are those are the army greens. That's a different uniform than we wear now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure what you're referring to was his unit insignia. Okay, they actually did a pretty good job with the uniforms, from what I could tell, like the placement of ribbons and appropriate things in appropriate places. Actually, look pretty good. But yeah, he's from what I remember because I was looking for a rank and I thought mm-hmm. I saw master sergeant. So if it said colonel, that's that's real wrong. Which is entirely possible. Sometimes little details like that slip through the cracks and uh especially right. like you see it all the time especially with military costuming right and a colonel wouldn't be working in a recruiting office that was the thing that like i think jumped out to me like i i and maybe i'm just misremembering i didn't read the the little desk tent correctly but i was like do colonels do recruiting at the recruitment office no. i was like don't they usually have better jobs than that um, yeah they're busy drinking coffee and putting their hands in their pockets <laughs> hot take <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so she's she she rolls in to say bye to daddy, and but then daddy's like, uh, I'm not your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> she does refer to him. She says goodbye, daddy, and that just I don't, she does. I don't like the way that sounds. Which she like. What do you expect her to say? The whole episode is about dad issues. Of course, she's gonna say daddy. There's a big difference to me between goodbye, dad, and goodbye, daddy. <laughs> Well, don't yeah. say it like that. Yeah, no, I think that was <laughs> intentional, and they should have included that to make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> this is also you got to remember. This is two thousand. He's a well placed daddy. This is two thousand and five, back before I think the word daddy got as uh, sexualized as it has been here in twenty twenty. 
That's fair. Um, but you know, I don't know. Yeah, the last fifteen years have really done a number on Daddy. But yeah, so uh, so Sam Austin uh, reveals to Kate that he's not actually her biological father, and that she killed her biological father. Uh, and then there's this was I want to hear what you guys think about this. The conversation that they had, she, he says something like, uh, "So why didn't you kill him?" Because I don't have murder in my heart. I hated that. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like... There, so, I, I'm i not trying to, like... Oh, man, how do I say this? I'm not trying to, like, vilify people in the military because, like, I'm in the military. But the dude has a... a, a, a it's called a CIB. Um, it's, it's an infantry badge that means you've been to war and you've shot at people and she established that he's in Korea. So like just right there, the man has the capacity to kill. So saying like, I don't have murder in me. You do my guy. You just don't have premeditated murder. Yeah. I mean like maybe in his mind, he doesn't see it as murder. He's just, you know, I'm just killing people. Yeah. I think, (laughs) I think it's more like the premeditated murder thing that he's, but like he makes a big point of saying this line. And at the same time, everyone's, that, that she talks to is like, oh yeah, of course you were gonna kill him. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, why why aren't we interviewing before this moment? Yes, that that's what ended up being my takeaway was it was like, does has her father her entire life just like she is she's a murder waiting to happen, like, <laughs> my, like this my, kid, my little girl who's not my biological daughter, daddy's right? little killer. Yeah, exactly. Like just. <laughs> She's just been this bad seed the entire time. And it's like, yeah, how come somebody didn't intervene? Get her some counseling. But in the same conversation, well, maybe not in the same conversation, but they talk about the fact that she's got like straight A's growing up and she's just this sort of, I don't know, country, sweet horse girl. So you can't make that statement and be like, oh, no, you're a bad person. Just full stop. Yeah, she, she's like a combination of like the the girl next door and Damien from The Omen. Like it's just like, yeah. is that is it the Jungian thing here? The duality of Kate? Like, right? Yeah, I think I assume that's what they wanted, but they ended up just saying two things that you that don't really can't say at the same yeah, time. Yeah, that they don't. Yeah, they, they don't, don't put them as opposing. You know. Yeah. yeah. Straight A student, no run-ins with the law. We knew from day one she was going to kill a man with a stove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think prior to this, uh, we'll probably get into it as we encounter some earlier Kate episodes as well. But, like, I think this is the first time we get, like, like a, a slice of truth about Kate. Like, one thing that we, I remember uh, from the back in the day, the in- initial days of watching the show is, like, that Kate was pretty notorious for keeping things pretty close to the chest. Um, mm-hmm. Like, being very cagey about her past and all that stuff. Like, she was always, she always had mystery in her orbit. And so now we're finally, like, they're pulling the pulling the veil away a little bit and uh you're starting to realize that maybe some of the stuff we did know or would have known about her chronologically is bullshit so yeah yeah horse girl gone bad they also yeah. so I, I don't know if this is worth getting into but they say that she's about 24 during the flashbacks and that her surrogate father served in the korean war so like yes i don't know i gotta sit down with like a, a timeline and figure out some some age stuff then like how old that would make her yes. in like because real cause, time because he was in korea shortly after she was born 
or something right before up she until was four, up until four, four months, months before. beforehand yeah so, so he, he couldn't have been the father yeah so was kate born in 19 the early 1950s <laughs> Right, and so if this is the if she's twenty, is, did this take place in the mid seventies? Right, is and then is then that Kate would make her like fifty, 50 in the show? something. <laughs> yeah, I think the timeline is probably a little weird, or maybe he was just in Korea, not the Korean War. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe, maybe he, he was, was just, just hanging out. Like, okay, that that could be possible. But okay, so he was in Korea, but then he would have had to have gotten his combat badge in it, Vietnam, maybe. It's possible. I don't know. So then the, she'd be 24 somewhere around the 80s. Okay, so then that, that would track a little out. better. Okay, maybe, sure. I don't know. Hopefully we'll get a uh, Colonel slash Master Sergeant Sam Austin-centric episode somewhere along the line and we can really dig into this. Um, <laughs> let's talk about what's happening on the island. Um, we already touched a little bit on, on uh, Jin and Son uh, and Hurley uh, having a good morning um, and Sawyer having a bad morning couple other things happened on the island now uh and this this episode had the opposite problem of what most tv episodes have when you see characters that you don't know we have a couple of new survivors on the beach and i don't think they once mention any any of their names (laughs) (laughs) in the actual on-screen dialogue and the only reason that any of us know what their names are is thanks to the internet or i remember what their names were from the original run uh, run of the show but yeah we get to see uh, uh anna lucia libby echo uh bernard uh this is our first taste of the tailies yeah i didn't look up who any of them were specifically or i was trying not to because I, I was gonna see if um were were they revealed like later in the episode did someone mm-hmm. say their name so i don't know who the hell you're talking about <laughs> no we did basically just refer to the one woman who is somehow responsible for Shannon's death yeah as just fast and furious girl yeah Michelle Rodriguez yeah (laughs) yeah that's another thing that I did want to see more of her in this episode you did want to or didn't want to yeah I did you did absolutely and it's probably borrowing goodwill from fast and furious but maybe the tailies and we'll we'll learn a ton more about the tailies when we eventually do the episode the other 48 days but the tailies one great thing about the tailies was these were characters that got added to the show in season two that were all for the most part pretty awesome unlike in season three when they added a bunch of characters they were all garbage Now, uh, speaking of the other characters, so Jack has a little scene with uh, Michelle Rodriguez where basically, like, you know, we, we, we understand that she has something to do with Shannon's death, I assume. Yeah. But he's, like, offering her some tequila mm-hmm. and it's, like, supposed to be a nice little gesture. Correct me if I'm wrong here. One of the few things I know about the show Lost wasn't Michelle Rodriguez taken off the show because she got a DUI. Uh, that that was part of it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, I'd have to go. I'd have to go into it. Uh, but yeah, uh, during season two, there were several cast members that uh, had uh, run-ins uh, with DUIs, and uh, I don't think if the producers ever went and explicitly said we fired them because they got caught drunk driving, but it didn't help. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm running back to 2004 JP watching extra extra, um, and I do remember that hot that hot little tidbit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Michelle Rodriguez. There was another cast member who also, uh, if I'm remembering right, uh, uh, either got a DUI or was suspected of DUIs, and that was uh, Cynthia Watros, one of the other tailies. Mm-hmm. Who uh, I don't think she had a line in this episode or not. Um, but Libby, um, 
who uh, uh oddly enough is another cast member from uh titus the christopher titus sitcom that we talked about <laughs> do no harm zach ward is a guest star <laughs> cynthia watchers playing chris titus's girlfriend uh and so when she joined the show i was like hell yeah i love her she's hilarious but yeah so shannon's dead uh, apparently ana lucia did kill her somehow uh saeed's wicked bummed because uh you know he's he's trying to bone down there um and right. must have i would think because he's pretty broken up about it <laughs> like yeah. it seems see like i did like, make a note that just said this dude's funeral speech sucks yeah i wrote one that said read the room better Said. <laughs> yeah not great <laughs> um yes yeah, Said, saeed's eulogy My is man. almost as good as jack's wedding vows <laughs> yeah, oh, oh god those are so bad Kai, we need to go back and just watch Jack's wedding vows. Yeah. And I, I would see not mind like a little reel skeleton, of just like... the speech moments of Lost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just to see if anyone gets it right. They're so good. So yeah, so we get the, uh, the <laughs> I laughed a little bit at this because we see another grave there on the beach next to where Shan's being buried. And I was thinking, I was like, That's, is that Boone's grave? Did they bury him together? And then I was thinking of uh, old Dan and little Ann from Where the Red Fern Grows. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just thinking about you don't want to bury bodies that close to the beach because the water table's real high, oh, and when yeah. high tide comes in, uh, you're gonna have you're gonna have some stank. Yeah, you're gonna have beach zombies. Is what you're gonna have. They're gonna get out, Ugh. and it's gonna be awful. So yeah, so that whole that whole thing is depressing. Shannon's dead. Shannon, we hardly knew you. Uh, I mean, we'll see you again later. But she's dead now. Boone's dead. Shannon's dead. And yeah, so they bury her, and it's it's really a bummer because uh. Despite the fact uh, that Shannon was quite annoying the pilot, uh, she must have ingratiated herself with the uh, survivors because everybody seems real bummed about it. So, uh, yeah, hopefully somewhere we'll get to see uh, Shannon grow from being sort of self-absorbed to a useful member of the survivor community. Uh, Charlie found a guitar. Yeah, good for him. He can. He can. Hey, anyway, here's Wonderwall. Do you think he just plays like the same five chords from from Your Body Is a Wonderland? Just like oh, like he can't quite get them right. He can always get like four out of five. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) What else have it? Uh, The Dharma movie in the Hatch. Oh, I wanted to play a fun little game with this. Yes, this is this is your favorite character. Yeah, John John Locke. Locke. I I love John Locke. Uh, hats off to my man JL. So uh, the the dialogue, um, I believe, was. But he did leave a movie. A movie. Yeah. Want to see it? The question that I posed to you two. Obviously, we know that there was a film. What What was the real film that John Locke was referring to? Kai. Mm. What was the What was the real film that John Locke was referring to? Tokyo Drift. I'm Ooh. really stuck on Fast and the Furious right now. Good guess, but incorrect. Uh, Adam, <sighs> chance to take the lead. Did Ernest say goes to camp on Blu-ray? <laughs> Another fantastic guess. Uh, the correct answer was Robot Jocks. He had a copy of Robot Jocks. Of course, of course. Kai, if you look in the bedroom, I currently own two copies of Robot Jocks. Good. Right next to your 97 copies of Heat. We're not going to get into that. That today. seems low. <laughs> <laughs> At last count, I think it was 97. Something like that. But uh, probably been about a year since. Yeah, so John Locke, uh, he's he's got some home movies. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, for me, this was this was the most interesting part of the episode because I don't give a shit about Kate. Uh, <laughs> I'm all I'm all about my man John Locke. There's there's a uh, there's a hatch. 
and there's a countdown mm-hmm. and a, a tampered with film mm-hmm. with some instructions. Uh, the whole thing gave me, uh, for those that have played the Fallout series, it gave me real Vault-Tec vibes. Uh, how oh, for sure. uh, certain yeah, vaults yeah, yeah. in in the the Fallout universe would create these social experiments to be like, hey, uh, this this group of people that are all stuck in this underground facility have to keep doing uh, these these uh, basically these constructs, and then the Vault Tech people would uh, would monitor them and, and see how societies would either thrive or break down. One one specifically, not to make this a Fallout podcast, but <sighs> every year they had to sacrifice somebody, um, and. The way that they would be released was if they decided not to kill uh, or to sacrifice someone. So they they find that out when the last person is is alive. Uh, I believe is how is how that that worked. Uh, I, I think I'm, I'm a little rusty on Fallout Three, but uh, yeah, this I was like, what happens if if you just don't punch in the numbers? Let's let's see what happens. Uh, it's it's very mysterious and interesting for sure. And yeah, like I would, I would have to agree with you one hundred percent. Like, while Kate's flashback was interesting, I don't actually care. At the end of the day, the stuff I care about is what's going on with the hatch. Why is it so mysterious? What's with this tape? The tape, the movie is super important to John Locke for some reason. He's really attached to it. Yeah. Why? It's not that good of a movie. It didn't. It didn't really change a whole lot to have the additional footage. No, it really didn't. <laughs> but they were so damn excited to have it. You splice it in, and it's the old that old commercial of Yul Brenner saying "Don't smoke," uh, like that. It would have been just as impactful. Yeah, he, he's got this film, and he's Michael and Echo. Well, Michael at first, and then just like Echo appears out of nowhere, uh, and he's like, "I want to watch the movie too." And he shows the movie, and like, yeah, if I were Michael and Echo, I'd be like, "This movie sucks." I don't. Yeah, but <laughs> but it does like it is a little mini mystery because it, it does you know it begs the question: Why do you? What's with the button? Why with the what? The, what's with the countdown? What's with the computer? or whatever and obviously michael's interest is peaked he starts in you know investigating the computer equipment and and checking right. it all out and digging into it and he's he's in there what was the what was the other guy's name you said mr echo mr echo the one thing when he starts getting into the bible the mm-hmm. bible story the old testament mm-hmm. yeah that was a real roundabout way to be like hey dude i got some tape too <laughs> like that was the writers needing to fill three minutes. So frustrated if someone in my real life was like, "I would like to tell you this story," instead of saying, "I found a book." <laughs> like, just you can. Do, I would be so irritated. You can mess with your friends by like just build that into your everyday life. Just be like, when when you have somebody to tell somebody, just come up to and be like, "Hey, have you heard the good news?" And then give them a Bible study question real quick, and then be like, "Oh, by the way." uh, we're going to meet at 7.30 for the movie. <laughs> yeah. No, that'd be good. I will say, sweet little John Locke just ate all that up. He, and I was really happy for him. such dad energy. Because even when Michael's like, hey, you mind if I take a look at this? He's like, sure thing, kiddo, but don't break it. Right. You know, like, he's, he's yeah. just got this, this wonderful nature yeah. about him. And I love him. Why aren't his pants all the way up at his waist? And he why isn't he not smoking a pipe all the time? Like, I bet you if we pan out and do like, a, do like a wide shot of the hatch, he's got like the lawn mode real nice <laughs> with the lines in it, you know? Yeah, super dad energy, no doubt. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, Echo. Echo. I, I can't wait to. I can't wait for you to find out more about Echo because Echo would be on uh, high on my list of favorite uh, survivors. Interesting. Also, a phenomenal actor. Uh, I, I'm probably gonna butcher his uh, name. Adewale Akinuoye Abaje. 
and I'm sure I that's know, still I know not him right. from something. But, um, what, what, is, is, what else um, has he been in? One one thing that probably a lot of people know uh, recognize him from is Oz on HBO. But he's he's done a bunch of other stuff. He's in the Born Identity, Mummy Returns, uh, Get Rich or Die yes, Trying. Mummy Returns. Oh, that's what I know. He was in GI Joe as well, Rise of Cobra. That's very nice. nice. Yeah, Echo's a super interesting character. And I can't wait to learn a, bit, a little bit more about him and not ever do a Kate episode ever again. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have anything else in your notes that you want to touch upon before we get into the uh, into the wrap up here? I don't think so. I mean, obviously, they, they any good show is going to leave you with something right at the end to kind of hook you. And Michael is talking. It, he got a new computer who dis from what seems to be his son, which also tells me that his son is missing yeah, or I, dead. Yeah, I have a note earlier from there. Walt is missing? Question <laughs> mark. Um, well, because I saw him when, when they were at Shannon's little funeral and I saw him with the dog and I didn't see him with the kid. But I was like, if I was a kid, I wouldn't want to. I want to off playing Sonic the Hedgehog uh, instead of being at a funeral. So I just right. figured he was off doing something else right? with his friend Sonic, his oh. fast, fast friend Sonic. <laughs> but uh, this this is actually a real good... Uh, the, the addition to the film that Echo gives Locke is basically like, hey, don't use the computer to talk to people. And what does Michael immediately do? So maybe Locke had, you know, the right idea, like scolding him before he did anything wrong because he obviously had right. mischief in his heart. Yeah. And he's breaking the rules. He did. <sighs> Just got to listen to John. The ominous warning. And then, yeah, he, he contacts Walt, who, yeah, probably missing. Didn't see yeah. it at all. That being said, like, if you sat on Omegle when you were a teenager, three out of every five people would just say, Dad? Dad? <laughs> so let's not rule that out, is all I'm saying. Yeah, it, I okay. mean, yeah, it just could just be a, a teen and uh, cycling through Omegle. Yeah. For sure. Uh, we got the foundations of a lug triangle going on. Um, we probably Ugh. have seen uh, bits of this in episodes prior to this, but yeah, Sawyer says something about being in love with Kate. Uh, Kate immediately goes to kiss Jack. Jack in love with tequila <laughs> hurley was in a mental hospital i have a note here yeah mm. michelle rodriguez said something to the fact of uh i don't think i'm gonna make it she was probably referring to season three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a key on jack's neck that he's wearing is like a necklace oh yeah yeah i think i i think i mentioned something about that in the boone episode um so yeah whatever is going on there is still happening the kia yeah some sort of lockbox. Yeah. i don't know we'll, f- mm-hmm. we'll find out about it at some point i'm sure and it'll probably be real dumb yeah would we like to move on to lost forever and mvp let's do it so kai what we want to do is do a uh, a quick little our mvp of the episode and lost forever so uh we're going to start with your lost mvp who is your favorite person in the episode? I think so. It's hard to say because so much of it was just Kate and she's not very likable, but probably Echo brings the most to the table. I mean, he's the one who provides a little bit of mystery, he's also the only one who provides real information. Mm, there you go. So he kind of gives you both ends of the spectrum there. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Echo, yeah. That's, Fuck yeah. That's fair. Uh, Adam? This is going to be probably the only time. Well, maybe maybe it'll happen more in season two of the podcast. But uh, my MVP for the episode was actually Jack. Yeah. For actually displaying empathy and is that not something that's normal for his character? He 
because without knowing anything about his character, I actually thought he was kind of sweet. Well, here's the thing. I've seen the show in the past, but my memories of the show are now being fragmented by watching it out of order. And I, I do know that Jack eventually becomes one of my favorite characters. But early in his okay. career, he uh, as a as a survivor, he's uh, he's kind of he's kind of all over the place. He can, he's a little unpredictable, and, and specifically in the most recent episode we watched, Man Behind the Curtain, I was really really angry at him for just being smug and mysterious and and, and being a dick <laughs> uh, in general. And this was a very nice departure from his most recent behavior that I have observed. Uh, I would say that Fair yeah, enough. in general, uh, he's a doctor. He has bedside manner. He has a lot of stuff going for him. And maybe because this is season two, he's not being as mysterious as he was in season three or whatever. Yeah, he's like, he's out there. He's, you know, trying to comfort on Lucia from having murdered Shannon, probably. Um, he's out there chopping wood. He's trying to take care of Sawyer. He's uh, he's trying to deal with Kate's uh, transferred feelings upon uh, him from Sawyer. Like, he's, he's just out there trying to trying to be a good dude, and I applaud him for that. Was there was there supposed to be some some symbolism there with him chopping his chopping his wood, trying to get rid of wood after he had a little smooch? Anyways, JP, what's yeah. your uh, lost MVP? Ah, <laughs> uh, we talked about it early, but I gotta bring it back to Jin's abs. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I there's there's man, you just I, I just want to take up summer residence on his stomach. You know what else? His hair. <laughs> oh, Long yeah. and wavy. Right. Unlike Sawyer's, which is just like, it's supposed to be split end city, but it's really just kind of dry. It, it looks just like looked hay. like a wig, like a, like a mm, dry, raggedy yeah. Ann wig. Like, it was yeah. just horrifying. So, lost forever. So, this would be your least favorite person in the episode character, I should say. Um, so, Kai, since you're the guest, you will go first. Who is your least favorite character in the episode? I feel like I, again, a lot of the episode focuses on Kate, and she's kind of an irritating character, but I don't want to pick her because... I mean, it can be Kate. There's not a real reason to. Other than the fact that she's unlikable, that's a pretty good reason. (laughs) I mean, yeah, there is that. I think I was really annoyed with, I think the character name is Michael, when he sees Hello pop up on the screen, and he's like, oh, okay, let's just have a chat, shall we? I, I could get the other like, people that are 10 feet away from me, but I'm going to not do that. <laughs> right. Like, you're, what are you doing, man? Like, you're on this island that you're presumably lost on since that's the name of the show. If it was this easy, we'd be off of here by now. <laughs> Communication amongst the survivors has never been one of their strong suits. <laughs> so, sure. so, Michael, sure. you're going to go with Michael I, I for Lost Forever? I think I'll go with Michael. All right. That's fair. That's good. <laughs> Busher. Oh God! This uh, Lost Forever for me is going to uh, Edward Mars and the uh, Iowa City uh, Fugitive Task Force being the worst cops <laughs> on the planet. Like, if you're trying to run an undercover sting on somebody, don't get made the second that you enter the place. Like, you might they might as all they might as all have just been wearing shirts that say "cop" on them because they all just are like, and they're all just staring That's holes true. in through her back, and it's just like you guys are the worst. You guys suck. FBI windbreakers. You guys suck. F the police. Edward Mars and the U.S. Marshal Service lost forever. JP, what do you think? I'm gonna say Kate, but because of what she did to Sawyer. What did she do? Okay, what when, did Kate do? When Sawyer wakes up and he thinks, "Oh, like where where am I?" Right. And he says, you got bunk beds? 
She put him in the bottom bunk. Okay? That's how he knew that he was in a bunk bed. She put him in the worst place to be in a bunk bed. That's just a normal bed with a with a loft over it. You want him to heal better? Put him in the top bunk. That's just rude, dude. You had the option for the better bunk and you didn't take it. You don't deserve to get off this island. Very, very good point. Jesus. Uh, let's see. Uh, do you got? Do you want to do a burning question? Um, yeah. Did you have one? What What was your most burning question? What was What was the the uh, a question that was raised in the episode that wasn't answered in it? Well, I I guess just for me, it is it's everything to do with this hatch. When when you talk about lost, just sort of in everyday context with people that have seen it, the word hatch gets thrown mm-hmm. around a lot, or hatch episodes, or things to do with the hatch. Uh, so I know that we have a lot more of that coming. But not only for me watching the show out of order, there's a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. But I would also assume that if we were watching this chronologically, that this is early in the days of that the hatches, and and it's very mysterious. Yeah. Kai, what about you? Did you what was your did you have a question that was raised in this episode that didn't get answered that you hope would get answered at some point? It's a small thing I guess in comparison to the hatch, but I want to know how Shannon died. They were just like she's dead now and it's this person's fault, but we have no idea what she did. Yeah. No, that's that's a perfect burning question. That's a absolutely a question that should be answered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. The next episode we're going to do to give you an opportunity to watch it and uh, chat along with us. Uh, uh, In our next episode of the podcast, we are going to watch Season 1, Episode 11, All the Best Cowboys Have Daddy Issues. Uh, so sometimes that's between, the name of the episode? That is the name of the episode, so uh, you'll be looking oh, forward wow. to that one. Oh, wow. Oh, Kai, do you want to just come back for part two of this? I mean, <laughs> okay. Part two of the exact same episode. So, uh, so if you uh, want to get caught up with us, uh, out of order, in between now and the next time the show airs, uh, go out and watch all the best Cowboys Have Dad issues from uh, season one, episode eleven, and uh, we'll just t- we'll talk about it then. We'll have a drink, come over and chat, you know. <laughs> come out to the coast, have a few laughs. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this episode of Lost on Lost. I'm Adam. I'm JP. Do you have any idea what's going on on the show? Nope. Me neither. Lost on Lost is produced and edited by Adam Busher and J.P. Russell. Recorded on location in Milwaukee, Wisconsin and Los Angeles, California. Our show is hosted at Podbean. Find us there or wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks to Danny Schmitz of Lost in a Name for our theme music. Lostpedia and the community of contributors there. Random.org for creating the watch order. Check out our Facebook page, Lost on Lost, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at Lost on Lost 1. Don't follow those jerks at Lost on Lost 2. You can also email us at wearelostonlost at gmail.com. If you like what we're getting into here, buy us a coffee at coffee.com slash we are lost on lost. That's ko-fi.com slash we are lost on lost. <laughs>